so much has happened since our last episode of Arts Across NC, which was released on February 18, 2020. Less than a month later, on March 10th, Governor Cooper issued the first of many executive orders declaring a state of emergency. On March 14th, he signed an executive order shutting down K-12 public schools for two weeks and banned public gatherings of over 100 people. Three days later, restaurants and bars for dining customers were also closed. And by the end of the month, Cooper ordered people in the state of North Carolina to stay at home for 30 days as another step to slow the spread of the COVID-19 virus. To date, we have experienced a number of modified stay-at-home orders and multiple variants of the coronavirus. We have become Zoom experts and hybrid work schedule professionals. When we think about the earliest days of the pandemic, along with airlines and restaurants, the arts and cultural sector took the first major financial blow. Nearly all performances and festivals were canceled and museums shut their doors to comply with calls for social distancing. The arts infrastructure across the U.S. was at jeopardy. Now, two years removed from the first stay-at-home order in moments of uncertainty, the pandemic inspired resilience and innovation in the arts. Teaching artists, theater, and dance instructors had to reimagine how to teach as they adjusted to Zoom classes and six-feet-apart interactions. And we can't forget about music presenters. They moved indoor concerts outdoors and streamed their content online, which unexpectedly increased their audience. Welcome to a new season of Arts Across NC, where we will reflect on a pandemic's impact on North Carolina's art sector. I'm your host, Kaisha Jennings, Content Director at the North Carolina Arts Council. This season, with the help of artists, arts organization, and arts leaders from all across North Carolina, we are telling the stories of mental struggles, canceled performances, and difficult decisions. The past two years also include stories about innovation, hope, and moments of profound connection. Did you know that on average, a dancer's performance career tends to end around the age of 35? Dancer's retirement comes for a multitude of reasons. Physical injuries, a slowing down of the body, the decision to have children, or just the desire to try something new in their 20s or 30s after the intense dedication given since early childhood. A global pandemic could also cause a dancer to retire. The pandemic has put many of our social and professional activities on hold, including temporarily closing many dance studios and gyms, forcing dancers to practice at home without proper space and equipment. The thing about a professional dancer that is really important is their environment. Having the right floors, um, having the bars, having the mirrors, having space. If you think about a dance studio, you cannot really dance in your apartment. That's Doug Singleton the executive director of Charlotte Ballet. In preparation for this podcast, I was headed to Charlotte to speak with Doug, but a winter storm disrupted my travels and Doug and I pivoted to a good old Zoom call. When we first hopped on a call, Doug shared that a few dancers had tested positive for COVID two days earlier. Realizing that this is our new reality, we both were glad that the snow altered our initial plans. I was excited to speak with Doug about the particular ways the dance company had navigated the pandemic. In the beginning, you know, the state of North Carolina shut down gyms, and we were considered gyms, dance studios, and we're actually labeled in the executive orders, dance studios should look. So we weren't able to reopen until, I think it was the second or third week of September. 
so the dancers had March 13th to, you know, early September was the first time the studios were open. So all of that time, um, we were trying to figure out places where they could still practice their art form. Um, we tried to do outdoor classes for a while, but the floors are, um, would hinder that, right? Because you're on concrete, unless you laid down a sprung floor, which was really expensive. So we did limited activities where we could. Uh, but when the artistic director and I were, were trying to figure out what do we do? Um, cause there were, yeah, I mean, we were having conversations. So we just shut down the season. Um, do we, um, even try to do a performance? You know, there were lots of organizations that, um, basically went into hibernation for, you know, almost a year. Doug immediately started thinking about the short career span of a dancer. He considered the performance opportunities and training lost and wondered if the year at home would have a long-term effect on dancers' performance abilities. Meet dancer Amelia Sturt Dealey. Amelia began her dancing career at the age of four years old. She is currently in her seventh season with Charlotte Ballet and joined the company after graduating from the prestigious Juilliard School in New York City. I never remember a time not wanting to be a dancer. So I think I went home after dance class one day, told my mom that's what I was going to do. She was like, all right, whatever, whatever you feel. And then I just kind of kept on and ended up becoming a professional, which is awesome. I love it. Uh, A dance career is extremely short. You kind of 35-ish and up, you're older or at least on your way out. So not having a season. I mean, I think Charlotte Ballet, we were off out of the studio for seven months. I haven't even had any injuries that have put me off of dancing for seven months. So to, and I've had a back fracture. So (laughs) seven months is a really long time to not be in a studio. And then we weren't able to have performances in a full theater live for almost a year and a half. So when you think about that in terms of a career, that's not very long to start with. um, It's, it was huge. It, um, it really showed me what my life was like without dance because since I was four years old, I never knew what that was. You know, even in school, it's, I went to a performing arts boarding school. So I was dancing all day. I was going to summer intensives over the summer. It's not, it's dance is very different, especially ballet than say volleyball. You know, there's volleyball season, there's football season dance. It's an all year round thing. And to not have that was extremely difficult, but it also reminded me of how integral that is to my life and how I, how miserable I am without it. It was hard. The pandemic gave us all a moment to reflect on what really matters most. And for veteran dancer Alessandra Ball James, after 15 amazing seasons with Charlotte Ballet, being present for her husband and son Charlie became her first priority. Uh, My last time on stage was March 13th, 2020. And then we were sent home shortly after. And I think When we were sent home from the theater, I had a feeling deep down that I might not be back. Alessandra was 36 years old in March of 2020. She had her son six years prior and took two years off from dancing to enjoy being a new mom. Once she and her husband relocated back to Charlotte, she had a chance to rejoin the company at the age of 31. 
I asked her if she had ever dreamed about what her retirement would look like pre-pandemic. I would joke so much with people. When I retire, I want pink balloons and glitter falling from the, you know, theater. And I think so many people were probably shocked when I just was like, I'm out and that's it. I, I don't need a last show. Because I, again, I think the pandemic, uh, you know, allowed for a lot of reflection and what was important. And, and to me, you know, I was like, oh, my family is so important. This is what's making me so happy. I, I, I don't need a last show because everything that like the culmination of my career, everything that it embodied, like it's just so beautiful and so many things and so many wonderful experiences and people and performances. And that is what brings me joy and fills me up. And those memories and, you know, pictures and videos, that's what I carry with me. Today, Alessandra is enjoying being a stay-at-home mom and dance remains a part of her life. She teaches private ballet classes, and now that performance venues are back open, she enjoys attending shows at Charlotte Ballet. When performance venues began to open up and we all started to feel a sense of normalcy, variants of the virus jeopardized the economic stability of the dance company and its staff. We've done Nutcracker. We're about to open another show. We did a show in the fall. We're kind of on a normal schedule. But then you have, you know, Omicron that shows up. I said early on in the pandemic, if we don't figure out how to test people on a regular basis to know who's positive and, and who's not, um, then it's going to be really hard to operate. So we've been out of our own dime. All the funding's done, right? We kept everybody on payroll. The biggest thing that we're doing right now is spending a ton of money on tests. Then the philosophical question is, is that, well, if I'm requiring you to test to come into the office, I, as the employer, should be providing tests. So that cost structure now has to be built into it. There were other things to figure out besides finances, like how do you keep dancers socially distant and how do you service as many dancers as possible to avoid affecting a pipeline with government restrictions on capacity? When we were able to reopen, we had capacity limitations, right? So the states, when they allowed them to reopen, you could only operate at 30 percent capacity. Everybody was learning at that point. Um, and we had to make some choices and they were tough choices because we normally have, you know, 25 to 30 kids in a class. And now you could only have 30% of that. So you went from 30 kids to 10 kids and the math doesn't work with the amount of training hours, the number of kids and studios. REACH is one of Charlotte Ballet's nationally recognized need-based dance scholarship programs. It is a three-year scholarship dance program that makes beginning-level quality dance training accessible to students who demonstrate a natural talent for movement and a potential to be trained in dance. The program affords children the opportunity to access quality dance training in their neighborhoods free of charge, promoting self-esteem, discipline, a strong work ethic, and an appreciation for the arts. During the virtual stage of the pandemic, Doug shared that the REACH program was able to service more than 100 dancers. But once they returned in person, the numbers dwindled to just 15. So there's the pipeline concern. What does that pipeline start to look like? We have not seen the type of enrollments in that 
ballet two and under the pipeline. It may fix itself, right? Um, or it may not. For Amelia, during her time off from dancing, she trained at home virtually as much as she could and picked up a new hobby making furniture thanks to the beloved YouTube University. When it was time to return to the dance studio and to the stage, she describes the experience as a moment filled with tears of joy. The first time we got back into the studio, well, actually, first we started in the parking lot. They put flooring out in the parking lot of Charlotte Ballet and we were taking class outside in masks, but we were able to be outside. We could be far away from each other. And I remember the first time, usually a ballet class, it starts at the bar and you start with plies and I was crying at plies. It just felt like, you know, the combination ended and we all kind of looked around like, oh, we did it. We are here. (laughs) It had been so long. And uh, the first time we were in a full theater back from the pandemic was our 50th anniversary show that happened at the Belk in October of 21. So feeling I feel like I get emotional even talking about it now, but there's something to being on stage and feeling the curtain rise for the first time. You feel this, it's the silence is wild. And then you feel all of this air as kind of your space on stage meets the audience and meets the house. And it was like chills. It was something that, you know, I will never take live theater or dance or music or any of those things that we masses of people gather together for granted ever again because and I'll never forget that moment of coming back and returning and feeling like we had we had persevered through something it was really amazing I'm your host Kaisha Jennings thanks for joining me for this episode of Arts Across NC a podcast by and about the North Carolina Arts Council Make sure to visit us at ncarts.org slash podcast and follow us on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss our next episode. See you next Friday.